0: Long talk radio. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. They sailed to the region of the Seas, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he had lived in the tomb. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus, for Jesus, had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was trained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him. And they begged him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go in to the abyss into the abyss into the pit my friends demons do not want to go to the pit in fact we read in holy scripture here they begged jesus repeatedly The scripture tells us, repeatedly they begged Jesus Christ not to order them to go into the abyss, into the pit. Why is that, my friends? Why do demons not want to go to the pit? Why do demons not want to go to the abyss? The abyss, why is that, my friends? Why is it that fallen angels, demons, evil spirits do not want to be forced to go to the pit? They understood that Jesus could tell them to go. For they repeatedly, the Bible says, repeatedly begged Jesus not to send them there. Not to order them to go into the abyss. There's something about the abyss. There's something about the pit that demons do not like. Tonight we're going to discuss the reality The Abyss on tonight's edition of Deliverance. I'm Jay Bartlett and I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience Deliverance. Up. This is Toby Mack with a challenge for Jesus Freaks from The Voice of the Martyrs. The Bible tells how Jesus suffered on his way to the cross. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Another passage describes the scene on Calvary. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. These vivid accounts of Jesus' death are not from the New Testament. They're from Isaiah, written prophetically more than 600 years before Christ was born. For more from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another Real life Jesus freak It's second century Rome Justin Martyr is a respected Pagan philosopher But seeing Christians willingly die for their faith Consumes him with curiosity So he reads the scriptures And converts He even opens a school of Christian philosophy In Rome As his last act Justin offers his martyrdom as a witness for Christ Saying For though we are beheaded and crucified We do not forsake the confession of our faith But the more things of this kind which happen to us, the more are there others who become believers through the name of Jesus. For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. Demons do not like being sent to the pit. Why they, why they, they must fight on that issue. Why do they not want to be sent to the abyss? Perhaps you're thinking, what is this crazy talk? Who is this crazy man? What do you mean pit? What are you talking about? What do you mean talking about the, the pit and the abyss? Sending demons there. Why do they not want to go there? This is not crazy talk. This is from the Holy Scriptures. From the Word of God. It's been with us for thousands of years. Scripture. For centuries and centuries, the Word of God has spoken so clear. It's recorded in Luke chapter 8 that the demons repeatedly begged Jesus not to send them for for him not to send them to the pit to the abyss what is it about the abyss that demons don't like have you ever thought about that it's and i think it's rather clear to me they understood that Jesus had the authority and the power to send them there That's why they begged him not to be sent to the Abyss. So what's in the Abyss? In Revelation chapter 9, the Apostle John, he was in exile when he wrote the book of the Revelation. He was in exile when he was writing the ninth chapter in the book of the Revelation. It's recorded that the fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw. And I saw, the Apostle Paul saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. That means that the abyss was under some kind of locking key. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, how did he open it? Using the key. So this is this must have been a holding place, a place to confine evil spirits. For we we'll read, when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. In fact, the sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. This is a smoky place. Describing it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. In fact, the sun, the literal sun and the literal sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. Think about it for a moment, my friends. The entire sky, the entire sun was darkened by the things from the pit. Demons are evil beings. By their very essence, they're perverted. They're evil, diabolical, pure evil. Fallen. No righteousness can be found in them. They follow Satan. And we know Jesus speaks of Satan as being a murderer, a liar, a murderer from the beginning, a liar from the beginning. Satan has fallen. He has fallen far. And out of the smoke, locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but they will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. These are the things that are coming from the abyss, from the pit. Evil things that torture. They're crazy, they're diabolical, they're insane. These beings, these crazy spiritual entities that are coming out of this abyss kill. I mean, I should say torture and desire to kill. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle on their heads. They wore something like crowns of gold. Demons have crowns. I can't begin to tell you the thousands and thousands and thousands of deliverances and exorcisms I've performed over the years. I've come across many demons with crowns. Such as the ones that are described by the Apostle John thousands of years ago in the book of Revelation chapter 9. In chapter 9, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like woman's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplate like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron. Demons can have armor, my friend. I can tell you in many, many thousands of deliverances and exorcisms i performed over the years, demons will often wear armor. Why would they wear armor? Because they're in a battle against the holy angels of God. They're in a battle against the church, the mystical body of Christ. They're in a battle against you and I who love the Lord Jesus Christ. They're in battle. They want to kill you. They want to destroy you. They want to torment you. And they know that many of you will fight them. Now, some... Who are listening to this broadcast. will just lay down and let these beings torture them. But many of you will stand up and fight them. Well, obviously, you're going to use weapons, spiritual weapons. Well, they have weapons. They have armor. So when you're using weapons against them, sometimes it's not bringing a full effect upon them because of the armor. And that's why oftentimes in deliverances, that's why oftentimes in exorcisms, you have to take off the armor of the demon. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes they wear breastplates. Oftentimes they have swords and shields. You have to dismantle them. You have to disarm them, and you disarm them through the blood, the shed blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And it's that blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus that defeats them. Now, obviously, we have many weapons. We have we're not we're not confined to a few weapons. We have many weapons. We fight these demons. And disarm them and take off their armor. We have the anointing oil. Holy water. The blood of Jesus. The cross of Christ. Praise and worship. Fasting and accessory prayer. The power of love. The power of the sacraments. The power of the gifts of the the Holy Spirit. I can go on and on. We have all these weapons we can use to disarm them, to take off, to force them to take off the armor that they so trust in. But the fact is, in the abyss, there are demons that were in armor. That's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. This is a place of confinement, the abyss. But at, at points in time, in time and space, they will be given the opportunity to leave. But the fact is, generally speaking, this is a place of confinement. And it goes on. The Apostle John describes them also having, they had tails and stings like scorpions. And in their tails, they had the power to torment people for five months. These are the kind of beings in the apartment. They have the supernatural power to torment in their, within their very being, in their essence. They had to ask king over them, the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. Ah, those in the pit, Those in the abyss have a king. Meaning, though they're in this place of confinement, in some perverted fashion, they are still they're still in hierarchy. There's still a forced submission among the demonic kingdom in the hierarchy, in the demonic kingdom, in the demonic realm. Even in the abyss, they are still wanting to fight. That's why they have the armor. That's why there is a king. They submit to the king. These lesser demons submit to the king. That's why there is a king. Allow me to continue to reign. Then the sixth angel sounded his trumpet. I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Right now in the Middle East, at the river of Euphrates, there are four evil spirits that are bound. So there's bound spirits in the pit, in the abyss, according to the Holy Scriptures. And there's some evil spirits that abound in a river, the river river of Now, who are these demons that are confined? Well, we know about the demons in the abyss. They had armor. They have a king. We know this place is to be a very smoky place. For the Apostle Paul talks about how when the abyss was opened, and mind you, this was a place of confinement. It was under lock and key because it required an angel to have a key to open the abyss and when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it, like the smoke from a gigantic uh, furnace. Now who's probably, the Apostle John was probably in many ways lost for words in the human sense. Now under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God gave him the words to write down, to pen, to put in paper. But the fact is, he described it as a gigantic furnace. In fact, it is recorded when he opened up the abyss, the angel' smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke for the abyss. This is the kind of place the abyss is, the pit. But that's not the only confinement area of confinement for demons. The scripture tells us that the river Euphrates holds demons. And and the Apostle uh, John writes in verse 15, And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. I heard their number. There are multiple places where demons are confined by the will of God. By the will of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, at at appointed at, at times, at appointed times, these beings will be released from their prisons. And they will torment, they will kill. But the fact is, in the here and now, we can tell demons when we're dealing with demons, when we're dealing with these ancient spiritual entities from long ago, we can command them to go to the pit, And they don't want to go. Just like in Luke chapter 8 when Jesus told the demons to, to go, to come out of that man. They repeatedly begged Jesus not to order them to go to the pit, to the abyss. That means we can send them. We're in Jesus Christ. We're his followers. We are to follow his example. We can tell demons to go to the pit. Now, I often tell people, yes, it's true. In Holy Scripture, for example, in in Acts chapter 16, when the Apostle Paul was dealing with a slave girl who had a spirit of divination, he just told the demon to go, to come out of the woman in the name of Jesus Christ. He didn't tell the demon to go to the pit. I understand you don't have to do that. I just like forcing them to go to the pit because it's the place they least like like to, to be sent it's, really, it's clear in Luke chapter 8 they do not want to be sent to the pit and it's and history will tell you that universally believers throughout the world and every continent of this world will testify the fact that demons don't want to be sent to the pit why is that they know it's a place of confinement. For if you just send a demon out of a body, they could just roam. They could just roam around the country. They could roam around the community. They could roam around your home and property. I would rather send them to the pit. And I would encourage you, my friends, to send them to the pit. Now, do I send them all the time to the pit? No. There are times when I just tell them to go. But generally speaking, I like For them to pronounce their doom and their defeat publicly. And send them to that pit in the name of Jesus. I speak to every demon listening to this broadcast. We have thousands of listeners around the world on nearly every continent. And there are people listening in at this very hour. At this very moment. That are indwelt by spirits, and I come against them in the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. Leave them in the authority of Jesus Christ. Come out of the people of God. Come out of these people and go to the abyss. Now, if you over no rights, you just must be simply commanded to go. Well, I'm telling you to go in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and go to that pit now. Release the people right now in the name of Jesus. By the shed blood the crucified blood, the redemptive blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the power of his resurrection, Jesus, he's been raised from the dead. You go, evil spirits, out of them in the name of Jesus. Come out of that man. Come out of that woman now in the name of Jesus Christ. Out. Go. Go to that pit in Jesus' name. Go. Oh, my friends, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Whoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. If you believe, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Just say simply, Jesus saved me, and Jesus will save you. It's that simple. Oh, there's much more I want to share about that bit right after this brief intermission. (music) What's up, this is Michael Tate With a thank you to a small church in a faraway place As they demonstrate what it means to be a Jesus freak It's 1991, Canel, Peru Terrorists burn down their church and 17 houses All belonging to Christians Their pastor is murdered Yet the very next night 30 of these believers gather fearlessly In the muddy street to sing praise songs Worship the one true God And even pray for their persecutors. They live by the words of Paul in Philippians 1:27. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Are you a Jesus freak? Go online to persecution.com. Angel, one angel, he recorded in Holy Scripture, coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his right in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon.
1: That ancient
0: serpent who is the devil or Satan and bound him for a thousand years. And where did he send him? Where did that one angel? didn't even take the Lord Jesus Christ to do this. That's how defeated this devil is. That's how weak this devil is. He takes just one angel. And it isn't saying he's an archangel even at that. So those of you who have honored the devil, who perhaps served the devil, who thinks the devil has such great power, I would encourage you. And I welcome you to read, if you dare, if you dare, the book of the Revelation chapter 20. Join me. Even now as I read chapter 20, verse 2. This angel sees the dragon, that ancient serpent. That ancient serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him. Where did he throw this defeated devil? Where did he throw him, my friends? I invite you to look at the answer in chapter 20, verse 3. He threw him into the abyss, to the pit and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. Now, after that, he must be set free for a short time. Now, that's a mystery why that is so, but the fact is he must be set free for a short time. But the scripture says when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison, and he'll go out to deceive, it's clear. And then, at the very end, The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented. They, they will be, will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Amen. That's where these demons are being sent They're going to be sent to the abyss, which is a temporary confining area for demons. Sure, there will be periods where they'll be released from this prison, this spiritual, literal prison for fallen angels, for the false prophet, for the beast. The powers of the beast, I should say. The powers of the false prophet, the powers of the Antichrist. They will be thrown into that pit. And then ultimately the scripture tells us in Revelation chapter 20, they will be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever. That's where those powers are ending up. And the powers of Satan, even now, who hear my voice, you're going to that lake of fire forever and ever. Forever and ever. Now, child of God, rise up. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Be of good cheer. Have the courage to step forward and say, Lord Jesus, I will serve you for the rest of my life. I will serve you by following you in your footsteps. Cast those demons out. Cast those demons out to that bed. No sympathy for demons. No mercy for demons, no grace for demons, just power over them. The power of God, the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, over them. And send them to that bed, send them to that pet. You go spirits to the pet. I bless each of you, my friends, children of God. I bless those of you who have yet to become sure of God. God loves you. God loves all of us. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.